Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me is Chloe Williams, the professor who's letting me stay as Italian Villa. Uh, Man. Just that, what a life that would be. I don't know. Like, immediately when I was watching this movie, like, it was a rewatch and I just really... Oh man, the vibes—they're they're immaculate, just amazing vibes. Just yeah. like this is where I want to be. It's like yeah, it's like the Garden of Eden. I mean, like you know, it's like that thing that Ang Lee talks about sometimes about like movies being like all sight and sound, like Guadagnino like touches the other five senses. You know, like Alonzo Dorley says something like that in his review of the movie, where it's like just you feel like it's a sensory experience. But uh, I suppose we can start out by dating this episode. Today's Oscar Day, 2022. I suppose we can oh go ahead with any. Is uh, it? That's so weird. I didn't know. <laughs> um, with any, you know, last minute predictions or hopes. It's going to be a shit show. Is it going to be a shit show? It's either going to be guys... like a surprise or a shit show, but not much else in between. Have you guys seen all the Best Picture nominees? I have, yeah. And I, I caught up with all the acting nomina- nominations, but... I just ran out of time for, for both. Cause like around this time, I just wanted to like catch up with more things that are leaving criterion more than I did Oscar nominations. Cause like th- I yeah, had more, I had more homework to do there than I did <laughs> Oscars. Sometimes I think film people can't be as parody as they, as like possible, but that was pure parody. I had to watch, I like right before I had to watch all the movies before criterion left. And I'm just like, I, it's so we're we're such a funny bunch aren't we we're just so like it's just sometimes it's just like oh it's like we're like caricatures we're not real people <laughs> yeah well i was watching i have seen I, I like prioritized love is blind season two over all the oscar nominees so nice um, <laughs> that's that's where i'm at like trash tv i have seen everything or all the best picture nominees anyway except for um Belfast, King Richard, and Don't Look Up. And I might catch Belfast before, you know, everything kicks off tonight. Um, but the other two, I am staunchly, like, could not care less. So. Yeah. Right. That's me like... with Belfast and... Um, I haven't seen Belfast, Coda, and King Richard. I just watched Drive My Car literally last night. Yes. Um, Got it yesterday. And... Yep. Uh, <laughs> heckable movie. Impeccable movie. That's, like, Gorgeous. one of the best. Yeah. Vroom, yeah, vroom, I sat my ass vroom, vroom, in a theater vroom. for that one because I knew there was no way I was gonna actually. I, ride I did too. It deserved truly like an immersive experience. Um, yeah, one of the best yeah, I've we're ever just seen. Bragging, I think apparently yeah. we're just you know we're just like full on bragging right now. I guess we are I mean, like I saw, good film I saw people. Home. So I saw yeah. oh, you're right, right. You support. I'm sorry. Did someone not want to catch up on Criterion? Ugh, please. <laughs> I guess not. I uh, still haven't but, seen Worst Person, which is probably like my biggest. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I did watch. I did see that. Yes. It's yeah, the, the three Oscar movies I caught up in the last like week because I've literally I've done zero catch up. Um, <laughs> Mac- Tragedy of Macbeth, which I'm, it was a shock. It was shocking that I didn't see it sooner because yeah, it, was, it really is. I mean, out of the two of us, you were much more. In tune I was so for... hyped for that movie. It just I don't know. I was just like I didn't catch it in theaters, so I was just kind of like I don't know right. when I'm gonna watch this. Um, watch that. Den Denzel, man. I'm sorry. It's just like, goddamn. Just. Uh, <laughs> I love that man. I just him in that movie. I was I knew he was gonna be good because it's mm. Denzel, but I was just like, oh shit, is this like maybe the best performance of the year? Question <laughs> mark. Mm. Well, I don't hey, know. I, I mean, he's in the five. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's Denzel, so I, I think. <laughs> and that's I, my I just love that there's a few moments in Macbeth where they just let him be Denzel. 
where it's like, oh my god, it feels so earned. Uh, but with especially towards the dialogue, end, right? it's like, yeah. like the yeah, all right, uh, yeah, and then worst person in the world. Um, and then I watched Don't Look Up like two weeks ago, which was an experience. I, mm. I hear, yeah. Yeah, you, you hear great things, right? I've heard you. Yeah, you hear like a lot of <laughs> so right, good. Right, right. perfect things because it's a perfect movie in every way. Because it's Film so Twitter great. has don't look up fever. Clearly, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. my twin yeah. brother, God bless him, one of the people I respect most in the whole entire world. But he's like, don't look, don't look up was pretty good, and I'm yeah. like, you were standing my octopus teeth <laughs> last year, so <laughs> that's where we're at. Oh, <laughs> <no>. Netflix, <laughs> bad Netflix original. Such have an you unfortunate combination. In- if it was any other combination of movies that would be oh man yeah i mean he's he is also a journalist he actually specifically reports on the florida legislature so i'm like you are so much nobler and knowledge more knowledgeable than i in every way but this specific one so it's good to know that i'm where i'm supposed to be right there's so many better people than me that have horrible opinions about movies and it always (laughs) weirds me out like you're legitimately a better person in almost every single way impossible but you also just have trash movie takes Mm -hmm. just like absolute garbage like you're gonna go to hell or sorry i'm gonna go to hell you're gonna go to heaven and that's how everything is gonna be judged but you still suck at movies it's just it's so funny to me yeah um yeah and the don't look up thing is like pretty crazy that it you know has a pretty fair shot at original screenplay because it's like you know that's a pretty hard to predict category right now and well uh, listen man promising young woman won that category so it's uh yeah not 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 my most hallowed of markers true right and um yeah well the thing about original screenplay is like that's the cool people that's like you know get outs one i mean uh like her and like uh i'm just naming it was the cool people my thing is like every podcast i go on i have to trash promising young woman that's fair (laughs) hey you gotta keep it yeah that's fair hey listen yeah yeah yeah. listen yeah Uh, Yeah, we have no hard opinions about that movie i'm one of the few people who is just doesn't have a take about that no i'm in bilbo as well where it's just like eh, you know there was things that were tried and like had had, 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 at the very least i had things on its mind you know he was in it in that that's a thing that happens and so well not only was bo in it but it was very very funny to me that its best picture clip was bo burnham's meet cute with carrie mulligan it's like okay that's what we're like carrie mulligan is in every minute of that movie and it's like that's the anyway yeah my cousin well, as men, was... that's probably a good political move on your end to just be as neutral as possible right right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. i'll just know air your out place my, i'll air out my cousin because i think i talked about this before but she was like really excited for that movie and she's like oh you've seen it what do you think what do you think i'm like um don't expect what you want to expect i don't know how else to put it I'm like don't expect anything just right watch it i guess or yeah. don't probably yeah. don't watch it that was that was a that was a few of the reactions from it's sundance too um yeah but like as as like a pretty big fan of the oc and new girl uh and ca- and those casting decisions it's like okay well this this movie actually is um you know it has uh, it, it, it has some things on its mind but Right, but I uh, and she sure watched does. it, and she watched it, and she's like, "Oh, I hated that." And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to say that, but I didn't know what your reaction going to be. But you're gonna, I didn't think, I don't know. I was yeah. just like, yeah, you hated it. I get that. I don't know how I much I want to like say about what we think of it because it's like fairly newer. No, I don't. Like, I don't. Yeah, yes. I mean, I don't have. I mean, it's not like I'm like. It's like, oh, how can I 
wiggle my way through all this discourse it's just like i don't i don't know man i don't really have a take it was yeah. a movie i saw I already, that I, eh. yeah i already deconstructed it in the new york times so i'm but I'm you like, fucking killed it man i've literally you, like, told just, people to like google me that <laughs> you like, just took you a hammer know, to just... its skull and just went at it and just like no mercy <laughs> i haven't read it but I, I will read it now carmen maria machado uh disagreed with me which makes me feel um really great honestly um, perfect because i respect her enormously i think she's like one of the greatest living writers right now uh especially mm-hmm. in the world of like women in horror which is very much my world um so i'm like cool i wrote something provocative enough for carmen maria machado to read it and f- feel things about it so right <laughs> feather in my cap another piece i would recommend so i guess this is the time we're talking about promising young women um <laughs> is uh Mary Beth McAndrews, former guest on the show, she had an incredible Best in piece, future. Mm-hmm. Uh, super personal, um, but really, mm. I've read that. I think I, I think I might have read that twice. I, and I also yeah, sent it good. to my cousin the moment she said <clears throat> she hated it and like gave me the reasons why. And I'm like, you got to read this because it's like, man, just whew. people are writing, man. It's kind of crazy to me. It's just like I hear I, I re- read things <laughs> like you're writing this. This is nuts. And then I just like, I, you know. Exit yeah. out. It's all like, you know, I, I can't do it. I'm like, I, I see your skill. I see what you're doing. I'm in awe of it, but I'm also like, why do you talk to me? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, like I said before though that my Oscar catch up was just to fill out my two last acting nominees in Being the Ricardos and Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, they're Oof. both fake movies yet. <laughs> and not good. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost like both of them forgot to have a story and just sort of like, I don't know, just relied on performers. Um, and I wish that Tammy Faye was more of a comedy than it was a drama. Mm. And Ricardo's was more of a drama than it was a comedy. <laughs> mm. But, you know, it's like... It's uh, the best actress lineup is at least like an interesting race to to follow this year. There's no like clear. I, I mean, I guess like you could see just Justine like taking it and having it just be like the SAG four tonight. But yeah, we shall I see. I mean, just like as you know, a freelancer, it's like first of all, November December, I wasn't going to movie theaters because we were having I don't know this weird little thing called it omicron um oh wait what, what was that what was that? yeah what did something happen you heard about it i don't know if you heard um so i like you know flew home to florida for christmas and that was my like life risking journey of the season um <laughs> in multiple ways it wasn't just one way there was multiple ways it was life risking. in multiple ways yeah 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 it's florida <laughs> it's florida um and i was you know getting you know bombarded by screeners and i was like i need to finish my like top 10 of 2021 so i was not even looking at all the new stuff coming out unless i thought it would you know be on the top 10 of 2021 blah 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 blah. and then uh in january i was just going hard on sundance i watched like 27 movies at sundance so um i just have not (laughs) at the time or energy to catch up i'm like Mm -hmm. You know, someday when someone pays me full time to watch movies, I will be so on it for the office. Right, but, exactly. Um, that was cool to I see, am. like your your Sundance uh, journey on TikTok, and like you got oh, to thanks. really track like your like everything you saw was like it, it was just like a large variety, uh, and yeah. I feel like that's like every year's Sundance where it's like you can it just has a nice range of 
movies and, and I got to see a few and that was like, wow. So like there's, there's just a lot of new voices or it's either new voices or people cementing themselves as like a fresh voice. That's just like, these are the movies I want to make. Yeah. I went in person for the first time uh, in 2014 and as a student. Oh, cool. And um, that was when Boyhood and Whiplash were kind of taking yes. over the festival. Yeah. Uh, I think and Whiplash I was, won the grand jury. Prize. It did. Yeah. It did. Um, and everyone was, you know, there was so much buzz around those movies. And I was like, no offense, but I can see movies about white dudes made by white dudes literally anytime. And I'm sure, sure I will be able to do that with these. It's true. Um, so it's true. I saw like Obvious Child and like a documentary about like mm-hmm. an Iranian girl who wants to be an astronomer and like, you know, all this stuff. And um, it was really cool to be kind of an omnivore in that way. And that's what I, that's what well, I welcome. You're on a pro Obvious Child podcast. So. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, yes. So good, yeah. No, not as much um, as Yaz. We're not going to, we can't. <laughs> no, 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 we no. We're not so, no, of course not. Um, yeah. Also, I, I just saw, I want you back recently. I thought Jenny Slate was excellent in that. It's the romantic lead. I thought it was much yeah. better than Marry Me. I don't know. Am I in the minority? Um, I still want to say Marry Me. Okay. So. Yeah. It's fine someone paid i was watching watch. <laughs> I, I was watching back, another so movie seen that. <laughs> i was watching another movie at the time of marry me uh something called the batman that was, that was <laughs> oh I, yeah people people have told i've heard you know that's a movie for sure yeah so, yeah right. people have seen it it's fun it's funny it's just like people, yeah i thought it was i thought no one was gonna see it but actually people saw it so i'm Never. actually seeing on its wikipedia it also won the grand jury prize at sundance it's so, so <laughs> just um, like a darling little sundance project. but in parentheses clay sundance <laughs> yeah it's like you're the entire jury i am and i get and i threw yeah. as many sundance awards as i possibly could and my sundance awards are goldfish so mm. <laughs> yeah uh lena wilson is here with us hello welcome hello welcome yeah if you couldn't already tell by the promising young woman slander that's <laughs> who's here there's only one person yeah. on the internet who does that we could just like <laughs> title this like unknown guest and it's like oh who could this <laughs> yeah mystery TikTok guest and promising and, young yeah, woman yeah. slander i feel like people might be able to suss it out and new york times name venn diagram yeah. there's a small venn diagram and you're in the middle yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah before we travel on to somewhere somewhere in northern italy why don't we get your journey into falling in love with film and if there's a movie that got you into movies oh gosh yeah i love that you guys ask this question i think it's so wonderful um i mean i you know like i'm i'm a child of divorce which is to say i was raised in large part by a television um aren't those people (laughs) called cod isn't that like (laughs) oh is that really a thing i I think i've heard i've heard i grew up with a single mom so i was also raised in front of the television so i got i got yeah exactly exactly like i don't want my dad was very much in the picture i don't want to discount his role but um, ctv children of television or children oh i like that ctv yeah i like that um but yeah so like when my mom was working one of her many many jobs uh the tv was uh, one of my bffs and um I watched all kinds of stuff growing up. Um, my mom was really into a beautiful mind for some reason when I was <laughs> eight. Um, so <laughs> I've seen a beautiful mind a lot at a very young age, um, which probably informs my uh, taste now in in very unprecedented ways. Um, <laughs> and uh, but I didn't really like. I think a beautiful mind follow- turns twenty either this year or last year because it was. It won the best picture like 2001 going into 2002. 
I only know this because I'm going through all the best picture winners and it's like it's well, fr- I was it's just like very fresh proud of myself um, when yeah. uh, you know Charlie Kaufman's uh, flick dropped on Netflix and they completely recreated the beautiful mind speech at the end of it for some <laughs> reason, and I was like, I know exactly what that is. <laughs> right, and it works so much better now. I'm thinking of anything because, like, wow, this is like so hokey in <laughs> a beautiful mind and just <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but I mean, I I think like the short version is that I got uh, spinal fusion surgery when I was 16 and, um, it was just like me and the couch and HBO, like, um, the kind of HBO on cable TV youngins where, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you were just at mercy of whatever movie was playing on the channel at the time. Um, and that is how I ended up, ended up seeing a little flick called Jennifer's Body by Karin Kusama for the first Ooh. time. Yeah. Um, and how I ended up seeing Scott Pilgrim versus the World for the first time, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, two movies that I am just such an enormous fan of that uh, nobody saw in theaters. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Notorious, so I, like, box office problems. Like, yeah. Like, so I came by them, like, very honestly. And then uh, those movies just, like, got me super interested in, like, the, you know, potential of cinema and jennifer's body in particular i was like this is like so amazing and then Mm. i looked it up on rotten tomatoes and it was certified rotten and i was like something's going on here um Hmm. interesting what kind of critics are are these on rotten tomatoes (laughs) right how how did we get it so wrong (laughs) um i actually had a a similar experience around the same time with um the runaways um Mm -hmm. the Kristen stewart star Mm -hmm. uh And uh, so, yeah, I was just like, God, so much cool stuff is happening in movies, but I don't know if people are aware of it in the way that they should be. Um, And by another sort of weird series of happenstance, I uh, ended up getting a film studies degree at Smith College um, and, uh, you know, ended up reading Men, Women and Chainsaws by Carol J. Clover as part of that journey and, uh, you know, got into this fun little niche of like women in horror particularly. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was just like, awesome. mostly a, a sad teenager, <laughs> I think is the answer. <laughs> With an HBO subscription, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I also was like really into Requiem for a Dream when I was 17. Like it was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. going to be a, that's yeah. a mood. That's a mood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a movie yeah. I still have not seen. And I don't know. I would love your what? take on. I know I would love your take on. I mean, like it's, it's an interesting movie to like talk about more than it is to watch, certainly. Hmm. I mean, I the first paper I ever wrote as a film studies student was about the depictions of addiction in uh, Shame by Steve Ooh, McQueen hey. and yeah. Requiem for a Dream um, and sort of on how like the cinematography in those films, I feel like isolates the protagonists in really mm-hmm. interesting ways. Heaven Can Wait yeah, is another good one. for Pleasant watching. paper to write, just happy, grinning. <laughs> Just like, ooh, I'm talking about shame and requiem and just like right, right, right. jamming along, playing, playing, you know, some pop music. At the very least, like shame, act, shame and requiem have like not bad scores. So I guess like you could like put yourself <laughs> in the mood that way than like revisiting them. Whatever. Um, yeah, no, but I should. I, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I should say uh, Fast and Future guests of the show, uh, Charlie Nash, Brendan Doyle and Kevin Tudor have an episode on their pod, Almost Major. On Requiem for a Dream, and had past and future guest Brad Avery on their pod, and it's very, very good. A lot I think of past and should, future guests, should, man. I know, yeah, it just lines up well. So um, many people. Why do we know so many people? It's I'm um, actually sitting right by um, this incredible, unhinged, 
item that I own, which is a quilt, a quilt dedicated to Requiem for a Dream. Oh my um, goodness. Where did you get this? My older brother got me for Christmas um, this year. Not um, the twin. No, my older brother, who is actually a, a composer for TV and film. Oh. Um, and we both love Requiem for a Dream. Um, so I have this really cozy blanket that says, uh, you know, fuck on it, like several <laughs> times. Um, and is I'm like, yeah, that's one of the most unpleasant movies mm-hmm. that probably exists. There's a few other crass dialogue uh, moments of dialogue. Word to describe that. Unhinged was a good word to describe <laughs> Yeah. I got it in the mail and I was like, what have you done? <laughs> thank you. Perfect. Uh, yes, but also you. God. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, like, Aronofsky is someone that I'm, like, a little hit or miss on. And I haven't seen Requiem <laughs> since I was, like, 15. But Because mm, it was one of those that I, that I learned that I was, like, important. And, yeah. uh I didn't know anything about it. I'm like, uh. This, Anytime this I think of Aronofsky, I think of the John Carpenter clip of Burrow. He's like, how he just hates, like, I think John, I think David Aronofsky hates horror. I think he hates horror. And I think he he's ashamed of it. John Carpenter. He has this interview where basically he talks about, like, how, I think at, like, certain fest, like, or certain, like, um, cons or whatever. I don't know. Like, he would be at these dinners with, like, Eli Roth, David Cronenberg, a few other genre people, and mm-hmm. Dave Aronofsky. I think Joe Dante. Was, yeah, and, and he would always trash Aronofsky like, what a pretentious prick. <laughs> oh, like, I haven't seen that one. Okay, interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, Eli think... Roth is in the crowd and you go for Darren I know. Aronofsky. I was also surprised. <laughs> That's really saying something. I know. I don't... I hope I'm not fucking this story up. I'm pretty sure I'm getting this right because, yeah. I don't know, I, I try to... I, try I know to there's remember, a few of those recorded, so like maybe, interview. yeah. like yeah. I always try to memorize any Carpenter interview that I listen to. Just like yeah. transcribe in my head just because yeah. I have to. Yeah. Who else is going to do it? No? When are we covering the ward? <laughs> That's the oh god. <laughs> That's like barely a 2010s movie. That was like shot in 08 and then like like lazily passed to TIFF in 2010 or something. Um, really funny. Um, yeah, but why don't you get us started with your first time seeing "Call Me by Your Name"? Professor Pearl, thank you so much. Très confiant. I can show you around. That'd be great. Thank you. So what do you do around here? Read books, transcribe music, swim at the river, go out at night. Sounds fun. All right, later. Just watch. This is how we'll say goodbye to us when the time comes. Later. (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, we'll have to put up with him for six long weeks. Oh. Muscles are firm. Not a straight body in these statues. They're all curved. Sometimes impossibly curved. And so nonchalant, hence their ageless ambiguity, as if they're daring you to desire them. All to see without my eyes. The first time that you is there anything you don't know? Boundless by the time I cry. You only knew how little I know about the things that matter. What things that matter? White noise, what an awful sound. You know what things. Are you saying what I think you're saying? Feel my 
shouldn't have said anything. Just pretend you never did. Nature has cunning ways of finding our weakest spot. Yeah, I mean, this is a lovely story because this is like the loveliest possible film. Um, mm -hmm. I was working at an independent art house cinema uh, in 2017 and 2018. Um, and so throughout like 2017, I, you know, in the slow uh, hours, because when you work in a movie theater, it's like everyone's coming in to get your tickets and then you sit around for two hours. Yeah. Um, and then you wait for so, everyone to file out. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, in the slow times, I would be reading Sundance coverage. And, um, you know, that was when I was just starting to write for the playlist. And so I would, you know, be click clacking away uh, sometimes if I could. Um, but I remember like everyone raving about Call Me By Your Name out of Sundance 2017. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, I was like, I would love to see that because um you know the gay community gets like one <laughs> well-respected like high quality movie a year if we're lucky um and the lesbians it's like ooh, uh you know <laughs> i think we're on a uh every five years contract or something um but so call me by your name was coming out i was really excited about it and then of course it uh hit new york like later that year and then didn't come to massachusetts where i was uh until january of 2018 so i had been waiting a full calendar year to see that movie um and i was working at amherst cinema in amherst massachusetts shout out um and you know no matter how much you love the place you work it takes a lot for you to go back there on your days off um but obviously i got free movie tickets as part of uh, my work there and i did exactly that to see Call Me By Your Name. Um, and I saw it at like 11 a.m. or something because that was like the schedule I was on as a movie theater clerk. Uh, and it was like me and like one other person in the theater, maybe uh, in January in Massachusetts, like probably horrible weather. <laughs> and I got to be transported to somewhere in Northern Italy in 1983 for two yeah. hours and 12 minutes. And um, when it was over, I like just kind of like walked out of the theater in a daze, like said hello, goodbye to my friends who were working the counter. And then I got out to my car and in the parking lot, like surrounded by frost and everything, I just like burst into tears. Not because I think that Call Me By Your Name is particularly sad because for a gay movie, it is really good right. uh, in terms of like right. letting its characters off the hook. Um, but uh, I was just so sad to not be watching that movie anymore like to not be oh. having that experience anymore to not be in that place anymore mm. um so i was immediately like you know crowing to all my friends i was like one of my favorite movies of all time like immediately and that mm -hmm. is still true uh you know five four years later so um really stoked to talk about it today my girlfriend had never seen it so i screened it for her last night um and made her like a bellini and uh wore my swim trunks like to get the full effect in you know brooklyn and the the end of march so um yeah just like such a lovely lovely film how about yeah, you guys for sure um i i think i i should go next because we have very similar stories actually that oh. i also was working at a movie theater 
in Massachusetts at the time. And it was a movie theater in Salisbury, uh, mm. it, which no longer exists. Uh, unfortunately, mm. like, or, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't even that good, but uh, it was taken down by the <laughs> pandemic. Fuck that theater. That uh, you know, like maybe poor management was the cause, but um, and who's yeah, to say? It, and who's to say? Right, right, right. It, it was. It's all urban legend. Uh, and yeah, um, I saw this at the end of a shift, and just in a daze. I mean, like very similar stories actually. And um, I just love the way this. I mean, I just love the way this movie begins. Like, it it almost feels like because it's not so specific, like no specific dates or locations it's like a it really is like kind of a story that's been passed down um mm -hmm. and it's like an older relative or ilio older the older man he is now like passing it down to to us the audience but mm. but no and then like i saw it a few more times with my sister and then like uh this was like <laughs> so incredibly popular during war season like maybe the most popular up there with like get out and labored nominated for best picture um as we mentioned in our get out ladybird and shape of water episodes that i think this might be like one of the coolest lineup for best picture of the decade i was just gonna so, say incredible oscars yeah sure. <laughs> um and yeah i i think that it's a little weird that how popular it was at the time and it still kind of rings true that it's like this like very sensual like James Ivory, Ismail Merchant inspired, you know, like very dialogue heavy, ro like romance, like straight up, like not even a romantic comedy, but a romance can garner this much attention. I think like maybe the controversies uh, had something to do with that, but I think it, it's mostly um, a beloved movie that has a lot to say about like love and adolescence and desire, you know, so it's like, it's very cool to see it have this much popularity and i was like and uh, yeah and also like you that i was really 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 excited um when it had so much buzz out of sundance because like starting in 2016 that was my time to like get into festivals and be the bystander for everything that was to come later on mm. the year but well uh my story uh <laughs> you were also <laughs> working on a movie theater in massachusetts nope uh, so, yeah. absolutely not yeah. um I so this was back in 2018. I'm looking at my letterbox because again, parody. I'm a parody. Um, <laughs> Using it back in 2018 too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 20, I know, there's people that are like 2013 where it's like, wow. You guys I saw. Were I started adopters. it right after I saw Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. I have that memory. In my head. <laughs> That's when I started using letterboxes right after that movie. I'm like, oh, no, wait. okay. I thought you were saying that you saw Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I was like amazing double feature. That's no, that would be crazy. No, I I started and, and also like right wait was Rogue Nation. that's like the wrong year. It's like how would it be in theaters? Right? Yeah, um, I made sure I, I went I, yeah. you know, I went in there with a pickaxe and I was like, you're playing Mission Impossible Rogue Nation right before this. Tell me about your name screening. But yeah. I'm doing something with this pickaxe I don't want to do. Oh, um. So I saw this. It's apparently I saw this in 2018. Uh, January. So this was back when I actually did Oscar catch up. Mm -hmm. uh, when I actually <laughs> made an effort. 
uh, which hasn't been a while. I think when I you liked movies, effort. yeah, yeah, the Halcyon exactly. days. Maybe I made an effort last year, but I haven't won this year. Absolutely. Not. I mean, as we've said, it was a year when it was worth it. That's true. Do, I was just gonna say, like, to do a cash like, up. At, at the very least, like this year, you've at least seen the good movies. So I guess, like, right, no, right. No, yeah, the no. Batman being one of them. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> All four of them. Yep. Oh, God. The Batman. I saw the Batman again, and then the Batman a third time. So I've seen all the good movies. Um, so I saw that apparently this was when I had movie pass for the very brief amount of time yes. when they were losing an insane amount of money. And I was like, give me that shit. I want it. <laughs> me and Jack, uh, the movie theater workers are like, don't say that yeah, word yeah, to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dark you're time welcome. in my professional life. <laughs> I saved movies. So you're welcome. Um, and I saw this with my mom um, just because, I don't know, she wanted to see it. It was Oscar catch up. It was already getting... Not uh, like a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, I think did it go wide? I bet it went. I don't know if it was released, but I think it went wide in January. Yeah, I think it was if similar. If I was getting with... it in Western Mass, then yeah, it was wide in January. <laughs> it was similar with Phantom Thread. I think they had limited in December and then wide in January. Yep. It is yep. kind of like a Christmas movie, funny enough, or a Hanukkah movie. Which it's I a Hanukkah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, They're Jews of discretion. <laughs> it's a very. That's a very good line. Uh, but yeah, I saw it and, um, I was blown away by it. This was still at the time when I was very impressionable, just like, oh, movies, what a, wow, okay, film, scenic, you know, just like, you know, wide shots, you know, film grain, oh my god. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was, I was super impressed by it, I was super taken by it. Um, at that point, I don't think I've seen, I, I definitely did not see a, a much uh, queer cinema as I should have. I mean, yeah, I was young, but like, still, it was like definitely something I just wasn't had no real mm-hmm. context for understanding sure. of like how important like that, or also how deep like it, to me, I was just like, oh, they finally make movies about this. Finally, this is like, no, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> you just are didn't you recognize no. the importance of something. Yeah, like this. Y- yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's also, but it's also just like I didn't know. I thought this was like the first, like one of the first major movies about gay people. And I was just like, wait, and then like now I'm looking at that and I'm just like, I mean, sure, like, I <laughs> guess. But also you look at literally like go back 20 fucking years and you're like, oh, OK, OK, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Or like, I mean, by some that. metric. Uh, right. I mean, it's interesting what you said, Jack, about, you know, it's still sort of being universally beloved because I pitched it to you guys because I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder now um, because I feel like particularly Gen Z um has like engineered a pretty strong backlash against this film on social media mm-hmm. um maybe just particularly tiktok and i will say i am incredibly <laughs> online in the way of tiktok specifically which is possibly the worst possible way to be incredibly online i didn't um, think twitter but... i didn't think anything could be worse than twitter are you serious <laughs> it's it's wow. a, it's a war zone for sure yeah. um i, I mean i I posted a video basically saying like it's perfectly fine if you don't want to engage with this film for you know xyz reasons um, but I don't think it's morally reprehensible um, because I think that these people are depicted as equals and um, yeah there's certainly neutrality there and (laughs) and I think it's a lovely film and I lost like 300 followers so that's what we're working well I mean like yeah and and to me like I mean it's a very dense and complicated topic but like it comes down to like we're never leaving Elias point of view and we're never like it's never like voyeuristic being like switching view to what 
uh, Oliver sees an Elio. It's it's yeah. all about like desire. It's it's just not so much about their um, particular relationship, but it's just Elio experiencing these things that he's never felt before, and everyone realizing it with him uh, that yeah. it's that it's almost like we're we're seeing the training wheels come off a little bit. Yeah, my like, you know, very anecdotal conjecture is that, like, I feel like there's this like sort of new generation of like young queer viewers who are watching queer cinema, like, as cynically as possible in mm. this way, that right. um, is, you know, hard to witness. Because like, there, I, do you feel like there's a hesitance? No, I think it's just like the standard, their standards are so incredibly high. I, I like, right, right, you know, I keep right. having these get off my lawn moments, I feel like, especially on TikTok, where I'm like, if you did not have to like debate in your social studies class, whether or not gay people should get married, like, just mm -hmm. sit back and shut up for a little bit, you know, like, I feel like there's this expectation that everything, like all representation should be perfect now. And like, you know, like, why didn't we do X, Y, Z? Like everybody hated Love, Simon. And I'm like, I love Love, Simon. It mm. makes me cry. Like, you know, like. Yeah, that's I, the next fall. So it's interesting. Like this award season is going on and then Love, Simon is yeah. like a few months later. So it's like, there is like a a moment. And, and the, I believe it's that the Sundance 2018 is when Misunderstanding of Kim, Cameron Post wins Grand Jury. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like, uh, and then Boy Erased is uh, fall twenty eighteen. So like, okay, whatever. But still, it's like, right. But uh, I feel like Cameron Post what, kind of didn't get its due because it got collapsed into this category of like, uh, right. like gay conversion films that came out that year, which is like such a bizarre reason to dismiss a film. Yeah. Um, what a trend. And then, you know, I see people complaining about like all the lesbian movies being period pieces, and everybody hated Ammonite for reasons that are completely opaque to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, like I, I just feel like I watch basically anything with gay people in it with mm -hmm. like stars in my eyes to begin with, just because right. I love seeing myself represented on screen. And so for I think people to sort of be doing almost the exact opposite of that um, is sad <laughs> to yeah. me yeah. um and like you said this isn't a tragedy i mean it is it's it's a bit of a tragedy in the way um something like my private idaho is a tragedy right but it's like yeah like similarly to i mean from what i can remember that movie because like I asked, it's been a number of years since i've seen it that yeah there's no like there's no revelation that like someone someone gets sick or they have to like tell their wives or something like that it's just it's just mm -hmm. a time it's just like a time uh, constraint. It, like, you right. know, the summer is going to end and this will never, this won't last. And and that's, I mean, it's just like an inherent sadness that, that comes with the film that, um, because Hammer and Shalom, I have really uh, understated chemistry. You mm -hmm. feel as, you feel as though like, yeah, this is like, you're, you're experiencing a very formative time in Elia's life. And, uh, I don't know. It just—it still works on me. Yeah. Uh, after all these years, there, it's just like I've seen—I've seen the trailer so many times. Like I've seen, just like because, like you know, you memorize things at an age better than you do at other ages. And I feel like yeah. at seventeen, I—I I, that makes sense. But um, I don't know. This movie just like I know the the beats pretty well at this point, and mm -hmm. it's um, Guadagnino also really works on me too. Um, oh. I've seen. I am love bigger splash and Suspiria and this and like all of them I've I've really, really enjoyed. Like they're all just like having these components that come together to make something like really idiosyncratic. So mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean I I watching this last night, I 
was, you know, trying to maneuver some part of my brain into understanding what it is that makes a not small amount of people, you know, see this as a toxic relationship or, you know, a predatory one in any way. And I, I think like, you know, if you are again, like uncharitably interacting with the film, like there is a period of like emotional turmoil, particularly on Elio's part, because the film is about Elio and Oliver does say like, I'm worried about fucking you up and stuff like that. But to me, that's about like the fact that these are two men having a gay relationship in Italy in 1983. (laughs) And it's not about, um, you know, the the age difference between them um and and also during the aids crisis uh, during the aids AIDS crisis there is like a prominent acknowledgement of a poster of mussolini on like a nice old lady's (laughs) home um Mm -hmm. so you know again like any interpretation is valid and i'm not here to tell you whether to like the movie or not um but i think for that to be like the interpretation that people are like this is why this movie is bad is like wow i genuinely just never even <laughs> never even saw that as a point of concern until sure. people demanded that i must this isn't something like adrian lynn's uh, lolita where it's like the complete opposite of uh predatory um codependency that you feel is only going to be more and more vicious mm-hmm. and it isn't really like commented on it's more like a filmmaker using the same tactics on something like fatal attraction as they would like a straight up like drama that's like all misinterpreted but but here i feel as though it's um it's it's a filmmaker like guanino using what they already know from their previous movies um and just applying it to a text that fits their sensibilities. And it's like, they don't have to like contort themselves to fit Osman's novel. You know, it's just like Mm -hmm. they see what they're already interested in talking about in the text. And that's, you know, it's just like, that's like how I've always seen it. Uh, Cause I remember like, God, I can't believe, you know, like, like it's, it all feels like so much more relevant now, but it's like the the age gap thing. (laughs) uh, Like it was my English teacher in, senior junior year of high school and she was like yeah like we were talking about awards season movies and she was like yeah you know like i really enjoyed it like it was crafted really well and like um it made me cry uh i don't know it's just like army hammer just doesn't really pull off in his early 20s and timmy chalamet really pulls off being a teenager so it's like it feels one-sided and i guess like that was the first time i had ever heard someone make that comment um and never it just never occurred to me and like my first viewing it's like yeah. oh i guess so yeah um, i mean cast but, like yeah. critiquing casting army hammer as 24 is so valid <laughs> right. like no none of us right. i think are gonna right. put up a fight about that one <laughs> um yeah especially now. I, I think right, <laughs> i'm just gonna say like i, I don't know what we want to do with this um Animal i mean yeah be. the army yeah, hammer yeah. of it all yeah. Yeah, 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 it's so funny because the last time that we talked about Army Hammer was on our social network, social network episode, mm. and that was like pre pre everything, pre and it's like so yes pre every like he was just a normal actor at the when we covered social network and right wow like it's like a total I mean especially watching this now it's just like I mean I think he's like pretty tremendous in the movie I think I mean Chalamet I have in like my top ten male performances of the decade for me but yeah uh yeah and it's and it's just like it is it is just like no wait he's good in the movie i gotta like you know i I don't know i don't know what you want to do with it 
I don't I like there's no answer. Yeah. Uh it's a little bit of like our issue with like Franco and social and spring breakers, where she's like, we know he's good. <laughs> he's very, very good. Like, you know, like I, I think Alien is a wonderful kind character. I don't know what to do with this, but um Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like listen, even if uh all of the things about Army Hammer that had come out like hadn't like I'm not in, entirely I would not be entirely inclined to root for the guy, right? Like uh mm-hmm. his grandpa was probably like campaigning against my rights or whatever like two years Mm. ago so like he's not exactly of the demographic i'm inclined to uh stan generally speaking but yeah and there was that piece like shortly uh like i think it was shortly before the pandemic i'll have to double check afterwards but it was like why won't army hammer happen where it's like he had like a string of misses where it's like Lone Ranger didn't hit the way it was supposed to. And like Man from Uncle was a bomb. And it's like, okay, we gotta settle down. Like he's one like leading man that doesn't quite work. We're, um Yeah. But when it's will just Hollywood like, work okay, for the rich please. blonde men? Right, right, exactly. Or it's just like, <laughs> guys, do we really need to focus our energy on here? But, yeah. Do you ever think do you ever think about like how his I think it's either his grandfather or his great grandfather is named Armand Hammer? <laughs> yeah, it's Arm on Hammer. <laughs> That's not a name I made so. up. That's not a joke. That's a real fact that you can look up. <laughs> One of his relatives is named Armand Hammer. And I just, I want to point that out. He's a horrible person, but I do want to point that one thing out. That's maybe the yeah. only thing I really like about him is that his relative is named Armand Hammer. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think like this text, like the film brings up, you know, several like, are like, do we separate the artist from the work uh, conversations? Because of course, also Andre Osimhen has made some uh, off, I don't know, off color at best statements. Um, also, as an author, and some people just dis- decide to abstain from this movie for that reason. Um, I will say also though that this was my first watch after having read the book. I had probably seen this movie like four times without ever having read the book, and then I read it during the pandemic, um, and. Uh, was able to now sort of contextualize it in this interesting way, which is mainly just that like Elio is the most dramatic little bitch like ever. (laughs) Like the whole, you know, he's there are like a couple moments in the movie where he's got his little notepad being like, he hates me and everything. I saw that was so Um, this rewatch. I noticed that I'm like, who writes notes like that? (laughs) Just like all these like graphs and stuff. I'm like, Oh my God. That is like, all elio in the book he's just like i did everything wrong like he's just such an insecure teenager like he's just like there's no way this guy likes me everything's terrible uh uh-uh. and then like right. you know oliver is just like i've been into you the whole time right. yeah. um and so i feel like that's heightened in the book in a way that is like relatable honestly and um you know kind of sweet um but I also don't, you know, don't know that I would like invite Andre Awesome onto my dinner party. But I feel right, like, right. you know, as a critic, that's a thing that I have been contending with ever since I decided to, you know, do this thing. Like, I am hugely, like, again, situated in the world of women in horror and, like, therefore Rosemary's Baby is, like, one of the most seminal texts that exists in my, my line of work. Um, and I don't, you know, I think I would be a weaker critic if I had not like seen rosemary's baby right. you know like so at what point do you decide um to completely abstain from something at what point do you you know just decide to kind of compartmentalize like i'd be interested to get your guys take on any other experiences you've had with that or i don't know with this film in particular yeah and with the novel so, it's so interesting that guadagnino like removes the narrator 
Um, and mm-hmm. in an interview, he mentioned that he almost replaced, he wanted to replace the narration with Sleeping on Stevens. And you kind of understand that. <clears throat> who better? When, I mean, who better? I mean, truly, yeah. And Sufyan's music for the movie really does feel um, so complimentary to like the scene, like the scenery, and like um, Guadagnino's every every movie he's made is exquisitely sound designed. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I totally get where what he was going for that. Um, Elio's affair with Oliver is rewarded with Sufyan's music. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I just love too that like, you know, he thinks uh, he doesn't, he doesn't even like Oliver at first. This isn't really love at first sight to me. <laughs> no. it, it's, it, it, it's more of an infatuation. Yeah. Uh, and like at first, um, like there's something interesting because they're like both academics. Um, they, they're both like, they flaunt women in front of each other as like a one-upsmanship. Mm-hmm. And um, you know how how that is like so yeah I think I think that any relationship like that would have the dynamics play out similarly. Um, yeah, and I just I just love that moment where like you see them contending with each other's knowledge and um, when when he's like playing uh, the piano music and like playing mm-hmm. uh, the piano music how like List would have reworked it and like that's. That's like the big uh, set piece. Good I think bit. that's a set piece in the trailer. Yeah, um, yeah, ten comedy points. sounds different. Did you change it? Well, I changed it a little bit. Why? I just played it the way List would have played it if he'd altered Bach's version. Play that again. Play what again? The thing you played outside. Oh, you want me to play the thing I played outside? Please. changed it a little bit. Yeah, why? I just played it the way Buzzoni would have played it if he'd altered Liszt's version. And what is wrong with Bach, the way Bach would have played Bach's Bach? Bach never wrote it for the guitar. In fact, we're not even sure Bach Forget wrote it. Forget I asked. That, that's yeah, the kind of flirting that would only work between those two people. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it worked with me and I yeah. didn't understand a word. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting, the idea of separating the art from the artist. I can... It is one of those things where anytime I talk to anyone about this, it's just like, whatever you're about to say, yes. Whatever, it's great. How, yeah. <laughs> however, however you're feeling, however you're like, no, absolutely not. Like, no, I'll watch anything. It's like, sure. I mean, there. I think there are some lines I have with some of that stuff where it's, it's like, if you're outwardly supporting that person continually, even mm-hmm. after, like, like some of the Woody Allen stuff, I think people get carried sure. away with, and like they make it a bit like, oh, it's funny because we're you know like, and it's like it's not funny. It's like he's 
it's i don't know like people make it part of like you know oh i'm watching the new woody allen uh, movie for a bit because it's funny and it's like i don't i don't see the joke in that i don't <laughs> it's i don't know some of that shit bugs me um but mm. but when it comes to just like so before we literally just recorded before you came on i was talking mm. about like how liam neeson has made some of my like I, I love liam neeson as an actor I, I i think he just makes great schlock um especially mm-hmm. in this decade just some great you know paperback airport thriller bullshit mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. unknown um non-stop especially with the collaborations with uh, colette sarah yeah. yeah and walk among the tombstones i was just gushing about right before he's legitimately like a bad person like the <laughs> like i mean i don't i don't care what the excuse he'll ever have for what, telling that story that he did which is a crazy thing that i feel like i've at least talked about at least once or twice on this podcast i still find it's the most interesting way a person can cancel themselves is what he did um <laughs> Just of all no the ways, to, no one had to yeah, dig through old tweets. No one had to find anyone to have like a story about him. No one knew the story but him internally. And he's like, "Oh, here's an antidote about revenge that I've thought about, and I'm going to just tell it on this harmless little press tour for Cold Pursuit." Um, awful title, by the way. Um, <laughs> in order of disappearance was the original. That's such a great title. That's such an awesome title. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Isn't it? It's a remake, isn't it? Of a foreign yeah, film? it's a remake of a, a, a Skarsgård. Funny enough. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's like with music, I have a hard time with it. Um, that's mm-hmm. where I have the hardest time because with music, I listen to music to relax and chill out. I don't really listen to mm. like, I don't listen for like captivation or just like to hear what I, you know, like really dissect the art. I mean, sometimes, but it's mostly just like just shit I can put on the background and kind of vibe out to. So I can't listen to Michael Jackson. Um, And that's not because I have this horrible, or not horrible, I've had this up, this righteous standing, I, you know, I can't stand by him. I can't stand by what he's done or blah, blah, blah. It's because if I listen to it, I just can't, I can't relax. Turn your brain off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with Kanye, even though two completely different people who, whatever they've committed, like, whatever. It's like. I can't chill out with them because I'll just think mm. about whatever they've done or did. And I'm just like, oh, well, that's weird. Cool. I'm seeing here on IMDb that you're a producer on the Kanye doc. So like, yeah, you're kind of like not owning up to your uh, word. I wish you didn't uh, point that out, but it so is weird. true. Um, now I am. Breaking. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like, it is, it's all different for different situations. Um, but I am concerned when i'm not necessarily concerned we're canceling people because again i don't even think people really get canceled i mean look at liam neeson he's still in movies um i mean like the only time people get like the one time i would say like someone got canceled is not even canceled anymore that was bill cosby because he was actual in prison but now he's not even in prison anymore so he's not canceled. (laughs) um yeah no one's like canceled it's just not a thing that really happens um you argue with a wall if you want to argue with me I don't know. Like, whoever's out there, if you have a different opinion, fuck you. I don't care. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. But what was I going to say? What concerns me more is sort of like the limitation on discourse or like the yes. the shutting down of conversations that happens. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. how like especially as you know, as a it's either one way or it's nothing. You know, exactly. It can't be. There's no middle ground, guys. There's nothing. There's and no gray areas. Like canceling art. No. Like just like not art, like not the person, but like the like themes and like thematic ideas and stuff when we're start like limiting that it's just like what do we want from art guys do we want something right. that's like cookie do we want fucking simple shit or do we want something messy like 
Right. Licorice pizza, of course. I mean, there's a thousand different things. I know Jack's making a I was waiting right for us to get into yes, the licorice of pizza of it all. And yeah. I don't even think I'm going to say anything crazy right now. I don't think I even have like hot takes, but I'm just saying that. Just... <laughs> I'm, I'm taked out. I can't, I can't do it anymore. I have no more takes. I'm fresh. <laughs> right. I, 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 I said them all. Think... I thought of them all. Like <laughs> It's true. It's true. But my, my this whole, is where I'm at. Yeah, my whole thing, my like main like point. When I'm seeing all this discourse, I've participated in almost zero licorice pizza discourse. I just don't have the energy or the want to. It's just, I don't care. Um, I just see it happen. And I'm just like, my main like takeaway is just like, what do we, what do we want from art guys? <laughs> I don't know. What do we want? Like, I, I mean, just stay. We don't, goal. they don't know. They don't exactly. know. Exactly. It's like, I'm not saying you have to agree with it. I'm not saying you have to like the movie. I don't give a fuck. I don't care what you, if you like the movie or not. It's a movie. Who cares what people like or dislike about it? But if we want to limit some of the ideas presented in it, if we want to like kind of take away, and I'm I'm mostly talking about the age gap, the fucking Asian stuff, the jokes. I don't, I that's honestly I I, I like PTA, but you fucked up on that one. I'm just gonna say it straight up. I, that I that was just PTA being like, look how I can do anything I want because I'm PTA. And right, it's like, and I also just think, mm. and, even, and I understand like the intent, some of those jokes, like oh, but it's also just like, all right, fine, that was the intent, sure, but they're bad jokes. They didn't. They I have didn't. seen people like bending over back like truly yeah. the heights of human flexibility to try and make those jokes like they're like well if you get into the meta narrative i'm like guys <laughs> like <laughs> if you have they're to just racially that, insensitive jokes <laughs> if you have to start doing the meta narrative shit it's like oh so it was like a bad joke it, it just failed <laughs> like even the construction of a joke even if you take it the most basic form oh i just i didn't get it because it wasn't funny Okay, cool. Right, I, I simply did not laugh when it was told to me. Yeah, so. exactly. And, and, and even, yeah, you take the take out the uh, insensitiveness about it, and you just look at it as a joke. Like, oh, I didn't laugh, so it wasn't funny. Cool, let's move on. Um, yeah. Many movies have the, many fucked up things in them. It's, right, exactly. Oh, I, I don't know. Hundred percent. Some of my favorite movies of all time have just some of the most, just like the like rest, reprehensible shit. I mean, Verhoeven is not necessarily a good guy either, and I love fucking and like RoboCop. Let's for example. I mean, of course, it's a satire, but there's some questionable fucking shit in there. It's I don't like, know what you guys are talking about because Requiem for Wait, is actually unassailable. Right, it's true. <laughs> Wait, I'm a little confused. Robocop's a satire? Oh, yeah, that's right. God, isn't that always fun when those conversations come up? It's just like, you would think that at this point, Wait, no one It's would a documentary, ever... actually. Right, right. You would think people would understand it by this point, but there's always that one person on Twitter. Is policing like, corrupt? Right, right, right. <laughs> Um, Hold on, I gotta look at the movie again. It, it's so funny though. It's just like I don't know. It's like at what point? What do we like? Don't we want art to be kind of messy and kind of free form and not like have these like box ins? And like, if you think it's morally reprehensible, sure, go with God. Yeah. I get it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I can't police your morals. I can't police what you think is bad. But to right. say it, to say what should or should not be in a movie like morally speaking or and if other people like it are morally awful then that's when we get to a point where i'm like this is just this is really this is a bad territory we're getting this is a bad fucking track this is a bad road to go down because like i, I remember some tweets road, at, go ahead i remember i remember some tweets at the time uh i mean and of course like you can make the argument on twitter <sighs> as messy of a place it is, as it is, is a little different now from it, when it was five years ago. Right. For whatever that may be. Um, Things change, yeah. But some, <laughs> some people are, were like, uh, oh, well, uh, James Ivory could have edited 
Osman's text and made Elio 18 and not 17. And maybe like the laws of consent would have been different because he would have had more of a conscience. But it's like, I don't know. 18 year olds are pretty like. I'm sorry. What a dumb way to look at it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just, all, all I'm saying is like second 18 year olds are like pretty sexually messy as well. And like, I don't <laughs> think one year would have made that much of a difference. Um, no, I've said this too. I mean, ultimately but, what you're like, you know, fighting about is a couple of months because like we also don't know when elio's birthday like he right. could have been turning 18 tomorrow like the day after mm. oliver left for all we know and it's like when mm. you break it down into those semantics for me i think the licorice pizza comparison is really interesting because i'm just like if you're gonna give me a film a romantic film where the meet cute is a grown woman meets a freshman boy at his like high school yearbook photo shoot you're going to have to do a lot to sell me on like why I need to care about that relationship fair, or very fair. find, you know, find it like, uh, not icky basically. Mm -hmm. And licorice pizza doesn't work for me on that level because I feel like, um, Alana Hyams character is just a, you know, I want to fuck the babysitter fantasy. Like she is kind of this weird, sexist cipher in my opinion um and as Mona Ladargas pointed out in her review for the times her nipples are doing so much acting work in that movie um <laughs> and I feel like in call me by your name like yeah if one of my 24 year old friends was like I just started seeing a 17 year old I would be like well let's unpack that for right. a little bit you, you know but I feel like this movie earns it in a really mm. particular way because of the way the film itself is constructed um the like the mise-en-scene is constructed if we want to get that level of pretension into this conversation <laughs> um and just the way of course that the actors interact with each other and i think that they've been directed to act with each other um, i mean does a being a film critic invite pretension <laughs> no it's your work <laughs> i mean you know again yeah. talking about like separating the it is unfairly derogatory sometimes so i, I guess I'd, i just yeah. i mean it's funny because i feel like especially being like sort of a public social media film critic at this point in my life. It's like, I either get people being like, you're not hard enough on right. a movie that you think is pretty or yeah. people being like, do you ever not think critical thoughts about movies? <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, I don't know where you guys want me to sit, but, um, they're never happy know. if anything. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah at that point. Um, yeah. but it's kind of, I, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but go, to go back to the licorice pizza thing for one more second. I'm yeah. so sorry to everyone involved. I mean, it's relevant, right? Like, Oscar's um, Day, we're talking age gaps. Like, let's get into it. But the thing is, like, the reason why that movie works for me is because I think PTA understands that. I don't know. I think, uh, I don't I, I don't come away from that movie happy. I know some people do. I think it's kind of mm. sad. Um, I think it's like, mm. I, I, hmm. I, I, and I, it's like these two broken people who have who are just holding on to each other because they have no one else to hold on to and that they're like so fucking they're like they're so messed up they just have no other concept of what to do besides just like oh you're a broken person i'm a broken person let's hold on to each other because there's nothing else i mean i feel like that's every script that paul writes you know that's like it's all of his protagonists yeah. are lonely yeah but all, all I, of them, and, so, and he gives all of them happy endings on top of that for me but yeah at I least i interpret the endings, endings as happy. I think they're in a really toxic relationship who in that they're literally like they're stunted development developmentally. I think the, the that ending is happy in the way Phantom Threads ending is happy in that it's only going to be a, their version of happiness for that time. And then it may spiral into something. The, I mean, you yeah, know, that I, but for, I think yeah, that relationship between Alana and 
Cooper's like five months more, and then they're going to be like completely <laughs> fucked up. When they well, of course, right? But yeah, yeah. In that time when, uh, when the arcade store is opening, I suppose. Um, but that, but my, but with, it may not be toxic in that moment. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that relationship is really toxic. Um, I think it's like no. Well, horrible, yeah, yeah. Horrible, it is. Um, I unlike Phantom Thread, which is you know goals. Right, exactly. Um, this is clearly a filmmaker who's like fairy tale levels of uh... right, right. <laughs> right. He has, and, and it is interesting that it's it's like we talk so much about um, Alana and Gary, and and to think like um, Alma and Reynolds and Fans. I mean, that's like thirty years of age difference there with, between Creeps and DDL. That's I, I'm. Don't even yeah. get me started. I have, yeah. I mean, I love to be a feminist bummer about Phantom Thread. Anytime you want, <laughs> there you, <laughs> you want me to do that, I'm right here for it. <laughs> um, but with and then with Call Me by Your Name, it's like, I, it works for me because one, it's like, and also another reason why Licorice Pizza works for me is just like it feels authentic, in a mm. sense of mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's I mean like I, it's the 70s it's the 80s and it's like of course people and people are at these developmental ages uh whether it be young adults or in their late teens they're gonna do some morally fucked up shit mm-hmm. and i and to me when i hear people complain about that i'm like what do you think is happening in the world right now what do you, what do you think these 17 year olds are doing you think they're just like being like these like perfect little boys who are just or like girls are you know whatever just like in church just looking at God and praying all day and just like <laughs> what do you th- do you think they're like literally earning gold stars on their cheek every every day? They're- well, I think the argument is that they have no agency whatsoever if they're in a relationship with someone older than them. Because um, I yeah, I see the word like grooming like thrown around like a frisbee in these conversations, and I'm like that is a specific set of behaviors um, that is mm. important to know the actual definition of right. for like dangerous illegal things. But words don't mean anything anymore. Definitions. The word grooming, and, and also you would call me by your name. You'll hear the word pedophilia. Constantly. And it's like guys, we gotta like calm down with. <laughs> we really. I don't know. It. What are we? Yeah, it's a little bit of like, what are we doing here that Clay mentions, but yeah. Also, I, like thinking about. Sorry. Um, no, I was. I mean, I, oh. I would love to like bring up the parents and call me by your name because for I sure think that they yeah. are some of the best characters in cinema. Um, <laughs> I think they're so wonderful. Uh, Michael Stuhlbarg became everybody's dad I, yes. in 2018, yes. and God bless him. Um, and you know, I I also say like it's really important to the trajectory of the film, how much his parents like are invested in his happiness and see that his happiness has a lot to do with his relationship with Oliver. And you know, people are like, parents mm-hmm. aren't indicative of morality. And I'm like, watch the movie. Like just, I'm begging you to just watch the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. It's that, it's that last scene between Ugh. Mr. Perlman and Oliver that, I mean, between Elio and uh, uh, there's this, quote that Timmy Chalamet has out of Sundance that someone asked him at a Q&A and it's like, I've never had a parent like that. And that made me have the feeling that, you know, I could have a parent like that. And someone, someone out there does. Um, and it's, and it's that idea that it's not like, you know, the movie turns the camera being like, being gay is okay. You know, it's, <laughs> it's nothing like that. It's just like a reconciliation with that. What, uh, Elio is feeling that's that's human you know it's it's looking at the the relationship with Elio and Oliver at a very philosophical 
um, point of view. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, Stuhlbar just like fucking nails that that monologue. Like, come on, are you serious right now? It's like so beautifully constructed and and eloquently spoken. It honestly like is one of the parts that turns the movie from good to great for me. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, like it's 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 this idea that you know it's you you walk away from that scene being like Mr. Perlman hears his son sees his son he wants to know that and then it's just like but it's his version of saying that you know it's it's so right. particular and throughout the entire movie he's this omnipresent like source that uh that Elio can always trust like they're never coming getting into like any conflicts um there's no like miscommunication i mean there's like that one conflict where it's like he's like cranky about like going to dinner or something he's like behave and it's like that's like the most uh you, you'll see and yeah. um is it because yeah there's that because they're ridiculous Thanks. yeah exactly yes really yeah. Say that line. yeah it's one of my favorite lines yeah it's I so love good yeah who describes anyone as ridiculous i don't know why but <laughs> i love that when you just yeah man he's ridiculous and i'm just like and doesn't he call the dinner guest sunny and share where it's like okay that's, yeah that's and really it's good, just yeah. like you know you're um, too you're too <laughs> You're too young, or you're too old to like ch- ch- uh, mm-hmm. chide them about that behind their back. Is it you know why are you mm-hmm. treating them this way? Is it because they're uh, gay or because they're ridiculous? Yeah, exactly. And I I think it's um it's really cool uh in the scene when Elio mocks Oliver's later, um I think at dinner and mm-hmm. uh he's like kind of cranky about Como how he's later. this bit yeah Como ceviche yeah and later hey, Clay you study you study you studied Italian right you can you know, rattle off some uh, yeah, yeah of course uh. But no, and it's and it's like uh, he's making fun of Oliver for being this precocious academic, and Ooh, good um, use of precocious. I, I don't think I don't really think it's. Um, but no, and then uh, Mr. Perlman, uh, he kind of foreshadows the relationship, and he's like, Ooh, "Well, you'll other, come to like him," and it's like because, uh, or yeah, and it's, and it's it's just really yeah. I have a source right in front of me, um, but no, it's just it's just really well done, and. Uh, you know, and we've talked about Stolberg in our Trip Water episode, um, and you know, like it's pretty cool to like see him all over the 2018 award season with this Ship Water in the Post. Um, that's, yep. What that's if he was funny. Bradley Whitford and Get Out? I can see it. Yeah, that's, that's that would be. Um, I would I would yeah. subscribe to that alternate yeah. universe. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I, I mean Bradley, Bradley Whitford. Don't give me. I mean, hey, go of God. Uh, would you say Bradley Whitford would then take his place in the post? I suppose. Sure. Wait, isn't it? Wait, Who cares? <laughs> wait, is Bradley Whitford in the post? Who's to say? I, I mean, that's I, an, that's a pretty big ensemble. I don't. Dude, yeah. there's no way to know. <laughs> if you told me he was, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I remember. I remember him being in the post. I for yeah. sure. He just seems like he would be in the post. His neoliberal ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I like yeah, Bradley I mean, Whitford to be clear. I I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know if he, what's been going on with him lately. But I how many West Wing alums are in the post? Cool. Is, is <laughs> in the cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. I think about the performance once in a while. Him and Richard Jenkins. Ooh. It's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, Bradley Whitford, Whitford is in the post. Oh wait, you're totally Bradley right. Whitford is in the post. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> Never question wow. the mind, baby. It's all up here. He plays right. Arthur Parsons. Uh, I'm sure. Well, I was going to say that before you. All right. You, I mean, I was going to say the character's name, but you yeah. kind of. Okay. Just you're jumped just on in. Steal my thunder. Yeah. Right? I was going to say the character's name, right? All right. All right. I get it. 
apologies. Yeah. But like really quickly circling back to please parents, yeah, take us out of like, the post <laughs> you don't want to talk more about I, I remember before. every second of um I, I remember liking it i watched it on a plane um <laughs> definitely yeah you definitely watched it on a plane <laughs> there's no question you did that is a plain ass movie and i like spielberg and listen i was raised in newsrooms i work in a legacy newsroom now like ostensibly i should care about these things i grew up in dc yeah. so i have a i have a past to <laughs> Feel yeah. whatever i want to feel about that movie <laughs> um spielberg's 2010s is weird you know so like you know. british spies good movie yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah i mean i think like something that i was thinking about on this rewatch is just how important like language and communication are in this film um and the there's many- so much left unsaid yeah there's so much left unsaid whether because like someone is talking about you behind your back in another language or like um you know uh who knows like how proficient elio is at french versus italian like um you get the impression that he's completely fluent in french but i I would love to just like do a deep dive on like does he have any of the german from his mom like what's Mm. what's happening here but i think like the ways the way that merchant um or ivory rather sorry has um written like how these characters just talk in general in this sort of like elevated academic uh way that is both like very um i don't know it's sort of very affected but like very simple also like the uh you know of course the apricot etymology mm. uh sequence <laughs> yeah uh, yeah <laughs> it and sort of like the whole he does this every year like i don't know mm. that's like <laughs> maybe funny and charming to people who have uh like fathers who are obsessed with the classics and live in northern italy um but i think it it mostly is there to give us a sense of the like communicative uh norms in this particular household language is very important yeah and i think like uh stuhlbarg's you know final sort of unimpeachable monologue in this film is such a good example of that because he's distilling like some of the most complex and universal like ideas about human feeling (laughs) into like frankly a a very modest amount of words like i think the phrase is um to feel nothing so as not to feel anything um Mm. what a waste uh and they go bankrupt by the age of 30 yeah it's like so many like great like like he's like stuhlbarg is like given so many lines of dialogue just like he he just has someone he just sells you know it's just like this this way of communicating is to the audience as well as like i think that exchange is in the book i don't know that that language mm-hmm. uh, it was altered yeah yeah mm-hmm. but i think like to me again like sort of it's communicating so much at once it's like i know where <laughs> i know what time period this is and that like being gay is fucking scary and uh something that you are really probably really struggling with for all these reasons i know that like having your first love is really fucking scary and it's something that you're probably struggling with for all of these reasons like it is both so specific and so universal simultaneously in a way that like just completely blows my mind i mean i like if ivory hadn't won (laughs) that year i think Mm -hmm. yeah um, I would exit the timeline. Um, so uh, again, I, I just think like this film earns so much of of 
the praise that it deserves because it is situated in this particular realm of, of feeling and communication and um, just existence uh, that I think is, is so lovely. Um, yeah. And the way that this sort of like, as you were saying, like Elio is kind of like a little prince in his household. Like he has a mm-hmm. nosebleed and then he has to like languish on the couch for an entire afternoon to like get over it. Um, while uh, like, you know, beautiful women feed him cigarettes. Um, mm. and, like his parents are like, Oh, Elio's had a nosebleed. Like, you know, he, he's very much kind of like commanding this little world that he lives in, but he's not in a way that fucking life. He is living the dream. But not in a way that feels like disingenuous or, or, you know, like uh, Mm -hmm. scorn worthy or anything. It's just like his parents fucking love the shit out of him and clearly like also see him as an intellectual equal or at least like someone worthy of engaging with in that particular way. And I think that that very much informs his relationship with Oliver in a really important way as well. For sure. Yeah. Uh, And and it's this idea that's so interesting that they're they're bored. (laughs) (laughs) and <laughs> uh, in, in Italy and um, yeah I I think it's like to us as the audience that we're so enraptured into this I mean it's presented as like the Garden of Eden um, yep. and Italy is almost like romanticized which is like an idea that Guadagnino was so against that like rural Italy is this place where people live and function and there's like a sense of community but to them it's just like it's nowhere special um, mm-hmm. even though there's all this art and, and culture and history, it's, but it all feels so banal, even though like Oliver comes into their lives and then, then it becomes, I think it's something special. Um, yeah. They are ridiculous yeah. in their own right. And I think only more level. I think family it. vacations are a little bit like that, you know, it's just like, yeah. oh, well, here we are back in this. Especially here. Like, villa. <laughs> right. This villa. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I just, I, I was watching the movie and I'm like, did I ruin my brain with movies and television and video games and phones? Like, am I not supposed? Am I supposed to be think- like Elio, like knowing these like three different languages and like reading all the time? Um, mm. Right. Like, am, am I, I less cultured? Yeah, it's like because I just I just watched like there's like a TV twice in this movie. And it's just not like, a cell no, phone in sight. Yeah, you there's know. no screens, and I'm just like, oh no, yeah. has this ruined our lives? I just, I had this weird existential, just like, are we supposed to be more cultured? Am I supposed to be reading more? Mm-hmm. Oh no. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's like, you know, reading three books a day and transscribing music. Like. Yeah. When he said, oh yeah, go no swimming, idea go, out by, go out at I've night. Read yeah. Out here, and I'm like, no, I don't. I have no idea, Elio. I have no fucking idea. I don't know how fast you read. I don't know what you're reading. I have no fucking clue. And it's like, is there anything you don't know? And it's like, yeah, it's a great question. Mm. I would ask him again. <laughs> yeah. um, I was reminded of a few other movies that we covered in the past. Like, oh, I don't know, a few little movies that no one's seen Portrait of a Later on Fire in Carol. <laughs> uh, and that, I mean, that those have a sense of urgency. I mean, I, if you want to call them urgency, because... And one of you those know has that a man- they- pretty big age difference as well. I was going to say, there has been Carol discourse along the same lines. Oh, oh was there? On. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, right. I no, I didn't know about... Gonna, um, no, but, I didn't know. I Yeah, I didn't know about... I mean, because like, we weren't as online as we were in 2015, but I I think with Carol, like, the... I mean, they're both adults, right? With them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Rooney Mara has an apartment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she has a whole apartment. Yeah, I mean, listen... 
I, I also don't really relate to it on that level. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so no I comment. Like if, you can have, if you have an apartment, you can but... get in a romantic relationship with Kate Blanchett. I feel like that's a rule. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also feel like the entire point of the film is that their relationship does not work because of their disparities in life experience. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's usually how these yeah. movies end. Guess what? This the is fundamental. how the movie ends too. Call me yeah. by your name. The romance doesn't work. News fucking flash. It doesn't and, work. And well, in Carol, I think that Haynes has the societal constraints on its mind much more than calling by her name does in portrait yeah. that those are just like so insular and uh you know by the way clay would you like to give me all of the nominees up for the best adapted screenplay which calling by your name won? this was also up for we should say actor in picture and song but this was the only oscar it won i i, I just thought this would be fun adapted. to rattle them off mm-hmm. 27 this is 2017 going into Obviously, but Lena, you can play along if you'd like. Oh God, um, adapted. Because again, I feel like part of the reason that that was such a compelling year for the Oscars was because there were so many amazing original stories. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't remember any of the adapted shit. Anything? I've seen four of the five. Uh, Ooh, that's a good question. You Uh... love. You love one of these. We've covered one of these, and yeah. The one that we've covered is the one you love. <laughs> I love the, the guessing the, game and quality. The one, <laughs> the one that you love and covered is considered a surprise nomination when this and like the nominations came out. Oh, 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 oh! Mr. Wolverine himself, <laughs> Logan. <laughs> yes. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Stab, 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 ding, ding, stab. ding. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was also a, a mudbound stand for sure. That was oh. also. Um, Is that your guess? No, uh, my guess for what? Sorry. Oh, for adapted screenplay nominees. Oh, I looked them up. Oh, mudbound oh. is on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that was okay, also sorry. when the yeah. first ever uh, woman was nominated in the uh, cinematography. Yeah, Rachel Morrison. Category, yeah, yeah. Rachel Morrison, and now the second ever woman is nominated tonight. Um, so power of the dog stands. Get yeah. ready. Oh, that's right. It seems like it seems like Greg Frazier is seems to be in the lead, but yeah, we'll see. Was he West Side Story? This, no, that's Dune. I think yeah. <laughs> I think West Side. I think Janusz for West Side Story is my personal pick. Listeners could not see Macbeth. the face journey that I just went on, but it was scornful. <laughs> Macbeth also looks fantastic. I thought Brunel Del Bono like went so hard. Um, yeah. I would not mind at all. It's a great lineup. Like whatever. Like I'm just. Um, but I, you know, for 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 my lesbians, I'm I'm rooting for <laughs> Ari. <laughs> yeah, Ari Wagner's like truly. I I think Netflix is like doing a lot of campaigning for like oh look what Ari Wagner has has done with this. Like she's been along with Jane and throughout the trail. While I think like Greg Frazier has been like less visible, but also with the Batman out, like he shot that. So like maybe that has mm. something to do with it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. This could be. This is going to be very dated by the time. Uh, Are you a couple of Dune boys? Be honest. I am. Uh, yeah. <laughs> speaking of speak, no. Speaking of Dune. <laughs> speaking of Dune. I. Yeah. So there was a story that came out. I think yesterday about how, uh, or like an interview. I think Denny uh, Denny Villeneuve uh, did like a, a DGA uh, mm. podcast or whatever with all the nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that to come up with like timothy chalamet like tripping balls and like looking into the future and like having like a bad reaction 
he said he got the inspiration from getting it like having a bad trip on mushrooms once um and or something like that and he told tim uh, he told chalamet and chalamet's like got it he's just like there wasn't like there wasn't this great like communication he's like 100 i i know I, I know i get what you're saying i got you Mm-hmm. So yeah, call uh, me by your name is also like the halcyon days before I knew who Timothy Chalamet was like as a person. <laughs> right. Yeah. This broke him out, right? I mean, he was Yeah, I was going to I mean Interstellar, big time. this is the thing. Interstellar, yep, yep. This is obviously the same year as Ladybird. Uh they were both at Tiff the same yep. time. Same um, as yeah, this was, was same, Yes, also the same Tiff as Hostiles exactly. Everyone's and favorite movie Hostiles. <laughs> I mean, hey, do we have a Scott Cooper apologist here? Is no, that we don't. Um, <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not. Are you? Out, are we going out of the furnace here? Um, no. no, but uh, <laughs> I just love hearing Timmy talk about this performance, and there's no Timmy. arrogance to it. Uh, Our good friend. Well, yeah, Timmy. I don't. I don't know. I've just. I've just gotten in the habit of, of saying that. No, um, I got you. I know. I don't want to choose between Timothy or yeah. Timothy, so I. Timothy. Yes. Yeah. 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 I like saying. Uh, also, like worth mentioning, like he's the first person born in the 1990s, like nominated for an Oscar. That's pretty cool, right? That's, <laughs> that's like pretty rad. Um, Before you said nominated for an Oscar, is the first person born in the 1990s. <laughs> he was the first one. First one. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Believe- he beat us to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and this was like, yeah, because like I, m- I remember hearing in the interview that he was very used to working on projects that not a lot of people see, and he kind of treated this one like no differently. So that's yeah, yeah. Um, My favorite. And we've talked about. Or... I think the only, yeah, yeah, sorry, but we've talked about him before in Lady Bird and Interstellar, uh, Interstellar, and uh, yeah, this was definitely the breakout. He plays and a just young like Casey his. Affleck. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it's Wash and, your uh, mouth out. This, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no and i feel like this he's just like now considered like this generation's leo and like it has such great taste like the directors he works with um yeah just like very star, bro dig. yeah he's yeah a movie for sure. star. in a in a decade where it's like what do movie stars do we even have like who can yeah exactly like what names even like attract people to certain projects that wouldn't tom cruise and timothy chalamet those are the three <laughs> i mean people yeah right. something for everyone yeah exactly yeah, yeah um i was just gonna say my favorite press tour fact about call me by your name is that uh in lieu of like i don't know uh like one of the i guess chemistry tests that guadagnino put them through was he just told them to start making out and then just left them uh so they just made out with each other wasn't that like their first day or something that was like their first day of rehearsals yeah Yeah. like on it's crazy yeah um and i'm just like first and just like (laughs) oh hi i'm i'm army oh i'm timothy (laughs) Nice to meet you. Just going okay, making it. out. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... I mean, well, I'm, I'm, oh, I, I was just gonna say, like, I'm like, first of all, hot. Second of all, um, I think that that like speaks to one of the greatest strengths of the, like Juan Aguino's filmmaking is that he just lets a scene play out. Like, there yeah. are so many long takes in this film. There's like so little cutting. Like, when it mm-hmm. really matters that there be little cutting. Like, again, the is there anything you don't know sequence is like just one giant. Ellipse. Yeah, the editing is so invisible. Where it's yeah. like it's it's without like it's in the passages. Time is pretty. Um, it's pretty inconclusive as well. And yeah. and I found that uh, as true with um, uh, a bigger splash where it's like that almost feels like all those things that he's interested in doing with with the craft is like almost Hitchcockian yeah. in that Tom movie. Hanks movie. Um, 
No, that's Splash. I know, I know. Just I know. take <laughs> take the bigger I know, out. I know. Okay, okay. I didn't know if you know. Um, no, you, know. you were, it sounded it's like a, you were. It's a funny asking. joke either way. It's funny. That is no, that is funny. Yeah, no, no, that got me. Yeah, you are a dune guy, so who's to say? I'm a dune. I love me some sand. I love me some splashiness. So, I did a series. I did a series where I just tried to explain the plot of Dune, like from the perspective of me, and only having seen that movie once, and um, I thought it was really funny. That sounds hilarious. Who's to say? Truly, I, I do want to say after I after I watched Call Me by Your Name, I, maybe I'm the first person who's ever done this. I literally went and because I also had so I had the story of the mushroom thing that I told earlier with <laughs> Denis. I had that in my mind, and I'm like, I was just like, man, that's a great movie. Tim, you know, like Timothy Chalamet, that's great. And when I was after I finished Call Me By Your Name, I'm just like, I guess I gotta rewatch some Dune scenes right now. So literally right after I watched <laughs> Call Me By Your Name, I rewatched yeah. the scene of him tripping out, and then mm. I think like the final fight with him and uh, that uh, like the ceremonial fight or whatever. I'm just like, I don't know. Garden. I was just like, I t- I think he's pretty good in that movie. So I'm like, let me t- let me just watch some Timothy. Yeah. And I'm pretty pro Timmy. Like I I don't know. Like I I understand like people's reservations if uh, that like his style of acting like doesn't really work on people but i think like when he's don't look up (laughs) oh gosh yeah um he's one yeah but uh no like if when he's directed well like i think he's one of the finer performances in french dispatch when Mm -hmm. he's exceptional in little women like like that was like snubbed for supporting actor like yeah um your favorite movies by the way i should right that's your favorite movie um that was yeah. That was a uh, miscalculation. No, I'm, I'm ready for like a Monroe movie. Renaissance. Uh, yeah. ASAP. I hope she has one with Watcher, which is coming. I know, out right? Soon. Oh my god. I yeah. I think she's yeah very misunderstood, but yeah. um yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's someone out there who is like a staunch Hot Summer Nights defender. It's I mean, well, they're probably um, like but, 15 and they love Timothy. Yeah, I was just gonna say yeah, the A24 merch. Um, Thomas, real James fast. I didn't. I, I was I just forgot to mention from before the other adapted screenplay nominees Molly's Game and The Disaster Artist. <laughs> Woof. So wait, yeah. Disaster Artist, Mudbound, um, Call Me by Your Name, Logan, and um, that's it. Oh wow, Molly's Game. Molly's Game. Yeah. What a what a lineup. What a yeah. weird ass five. That's a. <laughs> but no, I mean clearly they picked the best out of those. Yeah, like the only one I haven't seen out of this is Molly's game, but I I don't want to. Logan was a better script than Call Me by Your No. What if I had that take? Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> what if I was like, no, Logan's a better written movie. No, that would be hilarious. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. And then and then we've covered, and it's kind of cool too that we've covered the other screenplay winner with Get Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, any more thoughts, or should we get into favorite scene? Um, I'm down. Music. Yeah. Good music. That Anyone? song. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, it's used. Me. Um, a lot of uh, pre-existing uh, classical music um, from various composers. I think a few modern classical composers as well. But yeah, the Sufjan Stevens soundtrack is great. Also, we should mention that the vinyl release was peach scented. That's kind of cool. I um, have it. And um, yeah. <laughs> oh, do you? Oh, yeah. that's neat. Yeah. <laughs> when I opened it with my roommate at the time, she was like, "Do they want us to fuck this record?" <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> And then Am what I... you replied with, oh, you can't move on to the animal kingdom. That's me. That's just <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, okay, let me talk about the peach scene for one second. Because it's kind of crazy we, we haven't talked about it so far. Yeah, we gotta. Mm. I mean, that was so much like the cultural, I right. feel like, 
starting point for most people going into that film in 2018. Like I remember, even though it was only me and a couple people in the theater, like the shot of him plucking the peach off the tree, everyone kind of giggled nervously. Hmm. Um, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know if I like it. I don't know. I don't know if I don't like, I don't know how I like that scene. Um, I don't really know also how to verbalize it, but also I think that scene makes me physically uncomfortable because of how much juice he's getting on the bed. The and sensory cinema does not stop for the peach scene. <laughs> I just like, it's all like, you're just getting so much fruit. Like I just, on your, all of your chest and it's just like, it's so sticky and it's, it's I so don't, sticky. I don't, I think you're, I, I think the vu- the vulnerability is communicated well. Cause like you feel what Elio is feeling in my eyes. Um, in know, that, man. If I if he was feeling what I if he was feeling what I was feeling, I would like be running out. I would be running from right. Bed, no, I understand. Getting like water yeah. and just like wet paper towel and just like Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry. Call nine one one. Yeah. Um, Take a shower. But no, I mean like because Guadagnino is so interested in like how we interact with. I mean, I don't know. Is this taking it too far? Because he's so interested in with nature and why like the human body and, and like how like location um, affects us. Like I don't know. It's just he like I'm thinking about beach. the things that we get it. <laughs> Like oh yes, yeah. That's in conclusion. Like actually, Guadagnino said that in an interview at Sundance. Like I, he wants to fuck fruit. Like I, no, but uh. that's the least I gross. Mean, see, my opinion is that's the him coming in a peach is way is like the least gross thing he does in that scene. That's my opinion. Mm. I don't know if that's a crazy <laughs> take. That's the most reasonable thing he did throughout that entire scene was coming to a peach. Mm-hmm. It was just getting all like, that shit on him and on the bed it's just like no sure no yeah no that makes no that's understandable it's all sticky despite how sophisticated and and academic elio is like he's pretty awkward with like his sexual awakening so it's like that's kind of a cool like comparison for me you know i've been looking for a project for uh a really long time where i could have sex with a fruit Mm -hmm. and uh (laughs) and uh, i'm gonna talk about the peach in this film yes absolutely well, what can you do? I mean, that was the prescription of the story. That was what was in the book. So it felt like it had to be done. Peach did a starring turn. Were you proud of the Peach? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, he should have been credited. Or she. <laughs> I mean, we're allowed to talk about it. Yeah, I but... mean, there's a scene where, um, I don't know how to describe this. Uh, there's a Peach. And a... in life, one has to explore sometimes. Right. And the exploration commences. Right, exactly. And so people have been mentioning this to you yeah, a lot? Yeah, you, you say, like, are you worried? I'm worried, like, 50 years from now, I'll be, like, signing pe- peaches behind a desk. I <laughs> 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 love making scene with a peach. And, and although funny in context, it really serves as, like, a metamorphosis of some of the strongest ideas in the movies. What was your reaction when you read the script and saw the peach scene? Well... Yeah, I was like, this is what I've been waiting for, you know? Uh, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> were you like, how am I going to do this? Or were you thinking, I got it? Yeah, I, I've been waiting for, waiting for this moment my whole life. Uh, no, I mean, again... Like it's it's in the book, so it just felt like it it had to be done, and um... (laughs) 
every time I like come close to a peach, I get f I like whoa, 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 and I get flashed back to this moment in Italy within a room. Of Be honest, you get very people. excited every time you see a peach. <laughs> uh, when I see a peach, that's, hey, so, hey, I'll, I'll tell you something. Somebody says something like that. And it's just, <laughs> Every time I eat a peach now, I kind of get a flashback. <laughs> there's a great, uh, there's a great uh, fruit, fruit, fruit love scene. There's the, there's, a, there's the peach scene, so that just, like, circumstantially, from what's required from that scene, I just had a doubt whether anybody could do that believably. Uh, and if it worked better as a literary metaphor than it ever could visually. And then I was... I think both Luca and I were surprised on the day that, oh, okay, maybe this can play out believably. Yeah, I mean, I do think, like, having read the book, I was like, oh, this is why this is a scene. Like, otherwise, I think it's very just sort of, like, high art cinema. Right, right, right. Like, mm. um, I don't know that I love all of the context that the book provides, because, again, this is where Asuman, like, describes the peach as, like, I don't know, blushing coquettishly like a rape victim mm. or something like that. What the yeah. fuck? Cheers. Whoa. Um, <laughs> But it's like, there's Books also, crazy, it's like, man. he's thinking of Oliver and like, right. you get sort of this internal monologue that I think situates it in a more understandable place. Um, but I mean, I think like Timothy's performance of, of the peach fucking is like, there's a lot there. <laughs> like, he he's communicating. Either. No, there's he's a daring actor. Can watch for sure. like, yeah. Oh, I'll do this. Yeah. Like, it's all just like, I guess I'm fucking a peach. Like, there's no like treaded territory. There's nothing yeah, yeah. like he can... <laughs> Like, unless he watched the American Pie scene, which I doubt he did. Um, <laughs> I doubt he used that as research. He yeah. was just like, it's all new ground. So he was just doing for it. And so he was yeah, like, I'm bringing also, as much Jason Big to this as possible. Exactly. Of course. That was his main inspiration. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, Asaman is a very, like, wordy writer. Yeah. So, and, like, there's a lot of, like, the water looked like this. And, like, uh, I don't know. It's just Asuman? like, I, I think Guanyin. Yeah. Right. Andre in front of it, too. Like, Andre Asaman. It got. God. Can I have a name um, like that? Claiborne Williams? I mean, that's all right, but come on. Awesome. Well, you're Armand Hammer. Armand Hammer. <sighs> yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. It brings me joy. No, better yet, I think you're Armand White. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. That's like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. It's so crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, uh,. My favorite, pe my favorite peach, my favorite scene of this whole uh, film is no. honestly we could call them our favorite peaches. Like that's our yeah. My favorite. No, no we... I, I will not. I won't. Um, we don't have anything more to comment on. Just to make, just double checking. What's the next fruit so. to take over cinema? What's the oh my next? God. Because we had twenty nine. Whatever Timmy fucks next, frankly, right? True. You know, what it's if there's this hands. weird alien fruit he fucks in Dune too? Huh? Then I will actually make it a priority to go see. I mean, listen, <laughs> those Dune books have some weird shit. So like, I mean, maybe. What if he yeah. fucks Spice in Dune too? That'd be interesting. <laughs> um, For the soul of Arrakis. But we had yeah. Parasite, we had the Peach, and that was I remember everyone yeah, being like, "Oh, true. another Peach film." We have you know Peach representation. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it was it was in, so I'm just like, what's the next fruit? Banana? What, what are they going to do with banana? Mm. <laughs> it would be it would be really funny if like. It became a trend for all like characters in cinema uh, in like 2023 or something. They keep falling on banana peels. <laughs> like that's the big like gag. Like the most serious movie ever. It's just like about yeah. like. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what's like, or maybe not even like, it could be even sooner. Like Killers of the Flower Moon. You see like DiCaprio <laughs> like. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what is this movie? About? Like a look, uh, you know, a cancer patient. Yeah. Just like, you know, on his way to chemotherapy. And he's just like, oh no, banana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. That was missing like the worst like, um, person in the world. That was missing. That was the like scene that was missing. Yeah. There's the new Todd Field movie that's coming and like Kate Blanchett is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah, it. I mean, Beverly Hills did have, they, they did, you know, in the, sorry, Beverly Hills cop in the first one, he did put a banana in the tailpipe. So there is precedence, people. There's, There's precedence. There's precedence. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Moving on. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Favorite scene? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, gotta be the Sufjan Stevens Mystery of Love music video that happens. Uh, mm. uh, specifically, them just like calling each other's names by the waterfall. Um, mm-hmm. Just perpetually etched in there. There's a video that I didn't want to, I didn't really want to like look at any interviews with Army Hammer, but um, you know, when this was coming out, there's a GQ video when like uh, a movie star will look at a scene that they're in and comment on like all the top context with it. And right. Army Hammer did one for that scene. It was very mm. cool. Did he talk? Never, never mind. I was going to make a joke. I didn't want to make a joke. He's bad. He's bad. <laughs> he wants to eat people. I don't know that's the joke i think no that wasn't the joke but i just that's a statement i guess i don't oh. know i don't know what's going on Is he... <laughs> no never mind i'm gonna reel myself out of this one um but that's just song, go but just that song with the gets stuck in my, <laughs> that song gets stuck in my head a ton the mm, 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 yeah mm, mm, mm. And, like the moment yeah, i hear, of like, love the it... opening yeah. notes of it i'm just like transported back to that movie because i was also like when i was it's a really it, good oscar performance from what i remember too right with saint vincent the song at the oscars yeah. oh i yeah when i remember like that's when i think about like my the theater experience like my first time seeing the movie that's the first thing that pops in my head it was just like in that theater just like having goosebumps in the moment that song plays just, like holy shit this like i don't know it was like a fucking uh that meme of like uh <laughs> 
of that like bar uh, i think they're rocking a soccer game originally but you can put on any kind of thing on the screen mm-hmm. so like everyone yeah just right, goes, right 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 oh, yeah. just like everyone goes shit, fucking shit yeah. the moment something happens that's me but when that is that you when uh in during the peach scene like put on uh, the no big screen <laughs> no it's me running away because <laughs> like no it's all over the bed it's all over the bed it's all over your sheets you gotta do the laundry um but you were uh, like that famous like vintage Maxwell speaker ad, just like sitting down with your sunglasses, getting your hair blown back. Absolutely. But to suit John Stevens. I I was <laughs> yeah I I yeah that that opening uh, notes really perfect. Um, my favorite scene. Yeah. I don't have one. Jack, go ahead. No, I don't. Oh. No, um, well, I, don't, I wasn't okay, expecting let me, that. Let me think a little bit. Let me think a little bit. Okay. No. No. For sure. Um. Just comment on the soundtrack once more. Love My Way, I think, oh. is a sensational choice. Like, Psychedelic Furs are an amazing band, and this album is terrific. I just, I, I love that song so, so much. Um, Yeah, I um, I think I'll, I, I, you know, since I brought it up, I'll just say the dan- the um, the scene at, at the big town dance the um, with Love My Way. I'll just, yeah, I'll steal that one. Vieni qua. Che succede qua? Ah, ci sta provando. Elio, ho già coccato. Che ne so. Quanto vorrei essere nei suoi panni. Chi non vorrebbe essere nei panni di lei piuttosto. <ride> Ma non vuole a tutti i costi, eh?
really knows how to Elio is cigarette. playing it super cool. Right. Super Not cool. Yeah, very chill. Yeah. <laughs> Elio really knows how to smoke a cigarette. Not going to say a thing. I don't know. Yeah. Like, and, and I just, really I just cool love, smoking. like, I don't know what I, I don't know. There's that moment say. when Timmy will, like, shimmy his way over, and it's like the way he moves his, I mean, they're the bodies of, it's kind of weird to talk about, but like the bodies of Chalamet and Hammer are so different. Yeah. Um, in just their physicality, right? He's so it's a like, stick figure. Do you see them? Di- um, the man's just, a bulky I mean, kind of, giant. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, and Army Hammer mentioned in, her, in an interview that this was the most. I mean, it kind of it kind of sounds funny in retrospect, but this is the most embarrassing scene that they had to film because he's like dancing in front of like the crew and like all the extras and stuff. But, Army Hammer. And I think they filtered um, in the music, like the music's in post. So yeah, the, the music's filtered in post. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that. I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah. that's my. It's worst a little bit like um. It's a little bit like the club scene in the social network between Timberlake and Eisenberg where where like yeah, like they had to like shout their conversation, but like there was no music playing. So like, um also I just love the moment when like an old man brings Elio a fish, like, look what I have. And I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, which I, I love how the old man's like, all right, kid, I don't why do you do this? I don't know why every time I have to come <laughs> Where's over, your dad? bring yeah. a new fish and you have to do this weird fucking face. I guess <laughs> you it gotta do the you, bit, yeah. But it's just like and he looks so nonplussed yeah. about it. He's like, I guess I'm all right, I don't know. Um my favorite yeah. scene. Since, also also I love the moment when like they're talking about that statue. I mean there's so many good scenes in here. Like they're talking about that statue in the middle of downtown and like they're work they're walking away further apart, but like oh, they're so going good. around it. So um good. yeah, it's like re- like wow, that's like so that's such it's just interesting blocking. Um yeah, that's actually and the relation- scene. <laughs> yeah. And the and the scene with Maurizia is like or rather the relationship with her is like pretty quietly devastating as well. That she I mean, she's one of those people in uh Ilya's life that she knows that something greater than her is is going on and it's very mature of her to uh, to see that even even though the sex between them is like like pretty awkward you know it's just like it's uncomfortable but um, yeah her laughing yeah, but... so hard after like yeah. because he came too quickly is so funny she is yeah. losing her goddamn mind she's laughing so hard i thought that, that, that was so funny to me um, again like everyone is just lovely in this movie like no, there's no villains or anything you know am i right. the only yeah. one who thinks the mom his mom is the hottest person in the movie am i the only one <laughs> uh she it's totally fair she is this is hot. another whole cast hot so i guess like yes truly stubarg yeah. included god damn it stubarg included he ha- he's, rocking that. Guy. Yeah. he's rocking he's rocking that beard Lots of gray <laughs> in it rocking it uh my favorite scene since it's gonna be just an obvious layup. Um, fucking their speech, the speech at the end. You know what a waste. Perfect. A you know just. You're too smart not to know how rare, how special what you two had was. Oliver was Oliver. Parce que c'était lui. Parce que c'était moi. Oliver made me very intelligent, but... He was more than intelligent. What you two had... had everything and nothing to do with intelligence. He was good. You were both lucky to have found each other because... you two are good. I think he was better than me. Oh, I think he was better than me. 
sure he'd say the same thing about you. <laughs> yeah. hmm? He'd say the same thing. Which flatters you both. And when you least expect it, nature has cunning ways of finding our weakest spot. Just remember I'm here. Right now, you may not want to feel anything. Maybe you never wanted to feel anything. And uh, maybe it's not to me you'll want to speak about these things, but uh, feel something you obviously did. Look, you had a beautiful friendship. Maybe more than a friendship. And I envy you. my place, most parents would hope the whole thing goes away. Pray their sons land on their feet, but I am not such a parent. We rip out so much of ourselves to be cured of things faster that we go bankrupt by the age of 30 and have less to offer each time we start with someone new. But to make yourself feel nothing so as not to feel anything. What a waste. Have I spoken out of turn? And I'll say one more thing. It'll clear the air. I may have come close, but I never had what you two have. Something always held me back or stood in the way. How you live your life is your business. Just remember, our hearts and our bodies are given to us only once. And before you know it, your heart's worn out. And as for your body, there comes a point when no one looks at it, much less wants to come near it. Right now, there's sorrow, pain. Don't kill it. And with it, the joy you felt. perfect it's still a, he didn't get nominated right he didn't get nominated Still no played. timmy was the only performance that's yeah. just and timmy got leading right he didn't get supporting they didn't do mm -hmm. that yeah. shit okay can you give me wait i'm sorry we should really be ending this but no, can no, you give no, me I, the, I don't, the I don't think lead actor, wait, leading okay. okay you want leading yeah, or supporting lead because timmy was in lead timothy um gary gary old man um mm -hmm. yeah he won daniel day lewis um mm -hmm. There's a surprise one in there that's a little bit like Logan, like, whoa, this this one showed up. 
Daniel De, De, uh, Daniel uh, Kaluuya. Yep. Who's the fifth? I think you've seen the fifth one. I'm pretty sure. It's not Tom Hanks, is it? No, that was a snub where it's like, oh, maybe he could get because he famously hadn't gone in since um, Castaway. So it's like, oh, wow. I don't cool. know who the fifth one is. Denzel and Roman J. Israel. Ah, of course. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, yeah. And people were like having these conspiracy theories. They took Franco out because he's canceled now. Right. right. It's yes. Like, yes. It's exactly. Like, or exactly. Denzel got more votes because he's Denzel. Like, there, those or are the, the disaster two. artist is like not a great movie. Really? Those are the two. Could like, be all, it could be all of those. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Any more to say about Call Me By Your Name before we. Don't. I would love to I mean, continue talking about it, but I do have to go yeah, talk about Jack's for sure. Body no, 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 absolutely. Friends, wow, what a double, Ooh. what a double podcast! Oh my Very god, important. yeah. Okay, yeah. can we join? Nina, yeah. Can we, where can everyone find yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm famously on TikTok at Neil's mom, um, Neil the dog. Uh, of course, N-E-I-L-S-M-O-M. named after Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Young in parentheses. We've met. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you can, uh, you know, follow my work and find other social media at lenawilson.work beautiful Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. awesome thank you for coming um this was a, it's yeah it's just like kind of a cool uh it's always cool when we get to do like a pretty massive uh movie of the decade like it's kind of undeniable like i think this is we've done now the three out of the four most popular mm. um movies of 2017 on letterbox and the fourth one is baby driver so it's like oh no, god no. no no yeah no, no, no yeah exactly no, like no, no, yeah because no, no, it's no. like I think when you when you search 2017 and then most popularity, I think it's this Get Out and Lady Bird. Um, I do love Baby yeah. Driver though. I, like, so. I know it's, no, it's yeah, I know it's just I don't know. <laughs> thorny, it's thorny rough. year. It's, rough. it's just going to be an hour about me talking about John Bernthal. That's literally going to be it. He's in it for five minutes, <laughs> okay. and I'm just like, you remember John Bernthal? He was great. Yeah, he's so good. Um, and okay, so I'll take I'll take Team John Ham if you're going to take Bernthal. Take the Johns. Grab, um, grab your Johns like, as fast <laughs> as you can. Isa's. Um, yeah. I can be found on Twitter at Jack A. Draper and on Letterboxd at the same name. Uh, my writing on film is at the Boston Hassle. And this movie is found on Stars right now, but um, you would think it's more available. Who has Stars? Give me the um, name. I want the name of a star. <laughs> I will no say I, I bought it like on Apple TV and it has like a DVD menu. Like, yeah. Where oh, Mystery neat. of Love plays and movies. you get. Yeah, it's yeah. really sweet. Yeah, I, I also have that um, as well. So. Next week, kind of exciting that we'll be finishing our first filmography or at least like a filmography with like multiple movies and not like one person made one movie with David Fincher in the last movie we are covering, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, parentheses 2011 very important yeah. movie to me I with full of to, yeah to tune in for that yeah for sure it's fucking fantastic a movie i have not I seen so much i have seen most ventures <gasps> stuff i have not seen that movie oh my god you knew that Jack. don't act surprised no, no. Yeah, you knew that i, I didn't no. well, all right I seeing this in now. theaters and seeing black swan in theaters were like very Whoa. like seminal moments for me as a teenager in those my, are my... yeah man you <laughs> yeah. Teen... wow that's rough <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I was a sad teenager, and that's I'm, how I got hey, into film. Our, I, I connect with it. I connect with it. Um, everyone can follow me. Lena, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to say, but I've also seen Black Swan and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo as a teenager, and I don't know. What the, but not in theaters, so I don't know if that makes it. But no, those are 
I like snuck into up. Black Swan because it was rated R. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah! I snuck I snuck into Deadpool, so we're kind of we're different. We're, we're we're similar. Um, yeah. Everyone follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd. You can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Clay Williams. You can follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. You can follow the podcast uh, or you can email us using podcast email at xgp2010s at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars on any podcast platform you listen us on to. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, share us, retweet us, anything you can do to spread the word out. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Stay safe. Be good to yourself. Positive vibes, all of that. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Exiting Through the 2010s, and we'll catch you all next time. Mm-hmm.